The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Bidon. Sitting across from me, smiling, grinning ear to ear, <laughs> is the fantasy master Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How are you doing, Gray? Hola! <laughs> Gray goes south of the border. He is now the guy at, at Mexican restaurants who says gracias and de nada and hola, and that's the only three words he knows. How are you doing, Gray? How was the trip? Pardon, perdona me. Perdona me, Senor Bidon. I um, me gusta a uh, Mexico City. <laughs> Ciudad. Grande, grande. <laughs> Actually, I took 13 years of Spanish. <laughs> just so everyone, just so everyone knows, I am no. Uh, I'm not Miss uh, El Facile <laughs> Espanol. <laughs> I, I am uh, proficiente. <laughs> so 13 years, so you still had no idea what you were doing when you went down there, right? <laughs> 13 years, man. Oh, man, you never... Uh, I uh, I could I'm sure I told the story before on the podcast about my 13 years of Spanish, so I won't, I won't say it again. Uh, people could read it in... Uh, who is Gray Albright? Um, <laughs> go to the uh, go to the shop on rasball.com and you can buy it. Um, yeah, I. Uh, anyway, yeah, I went to Mexico City, man. You know what's funny? I actually went to. Uh, we had plans to go to Mexico City for like the last I don't know, like <laughs> year. 
because uh, Coogs' cousin was getting married. And I didn't realize until like three days ago that MLB was even going to be there. <laughs> I had no clue. I like, I like, on like Wednesday of like last week, I saw someone mention that uh, the Padres and the Giants would be playing in Mexico City. And I was like, wait, really? <laughs> this, this, this coming weekend? Because that's like when I'm going to be there. I had, honestly, I wish I had known I would have tried to plan like um, to go to a game, but. It probably wasn't going to happen anyway because I was at the wedding Saturday night, and then I flew out Sunday morning. So i I wasn't really yeah I wasn't really there for the game, unfortunately. But I would go back, and uh, I don't know, man. I had a good time. I actually I was really surprised at how fun it was. It was a good city, and I was um, and I was really like I'm convinced that like MLB. I think uh, Mexico City would be like the number one place if I were running MLB, which unfortunately I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I would also have the pitch clock be like three seconds (laughs) 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 just to see what would happen. Um, But no, honestly, I, I think Mexico City, like they're down there. They love baseball like how... I remember growing up how people in the states used to love baseball, and <laughs> no, and no longer, no longer love baseball. Like how, how people honest. in the states now like soccer. Yeah, yeah, no, like baseball is like you know trailing M- uh, NBA and NFL. Um, but like forty years ago, it was like a baseball was the the top game in town with uh, you know with with NL with I think NFL was probably second and then NBA was probably third. But down in Mexico City, they like they love baseball like before you know like before the uh, labor disputes of like the eighties and nineties <laughs> and like before Peds. And like you know, before before NFL and NBA stole away all their viewership, like MLB is really like huge down there. It was like it was fun to see. Like everywhere I went, like people were really into baseball, which is cool. Um, it's a big city too, so there's a lot of like like if MLB could expand down there, they would ha- if they could have that market. I mean, honestly, I, I mean it feels like a no brainer. I, I know it's like. And not really my call. <laughs> not really. Not really. They're not really turning to me for this decision. But yeah, I mean, it's a total no-brainer in my mind. Um, hey, don't take that out of context. Say eh? me saying there's a no-brainer in my mind. <laughs> um, anyway, it was a good, it was a good time, and uh, it would also be fun just to see the offense that teams would put up if they had an expansion team down there. It would be like all quad A players because like expansion teams, they don't have any real players like when they first start. So it'd be like, you know, like the Jeff Conines of the world would be like 45 home run hitters in Mexico City. It would be really cool. Anyway, that's uh, yeah, that was my weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fun. Sounds fun. I mean, I do think like baseball needs to get down there. If, if, if assuming it has the market that you're, you saw, like they need to get down there fast because NFL is talking about it already. Like NFL wants to get a team in Mexico. They need to beat the NFL down there and capture the market before the NFL gets down there and does what they did in every other U.S. city and just take over because 
Yeah. Like, you need no, to get the hearts and minds no, first. I, honestly, I, I, when we were down there, Coogs was like, I think, I think she had like just read like the Wikipedia page for Mexico City or something. <laughs> she was like telling me, but she kept, and now rattling off exports that, and imports. And now I, and, and now I can't remember what she was saying. <laughs> was, but she was saying something like it was the number two city population wise in the world. Like there, it's a huge city. Like yeah. I, I mean. We were there for 18 hours. Obviously, I saw the entire city because, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, we saw, like, I saw, like, literally, like, three blocks of the city. I didn't, I didn't, see, I didn't see much. I saw my hotel room and, uh, like, the, the street right outside my hotel room. But I, yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, really a huge city. Like, bigger than, I think, bigger than New York City. I don't know. I'm... I don't have uh, I don't have Coogs' uh, Wikipedia page in front, <laughs> in front of me for Mexico City, but yeah, I, I believe it's super uh, super big. So um, <laughs> super big, very very smart words I use. Um, yeah, I mean it's uh, it was fun. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. I, I'm sure MLB will will be the last of the three sports to get down there. I, I'm. I the way Rob Manfred, you know, works things, I wouldn't be surprised if like <laughs> MLB is like the last of the three because, you know, anyway. Well, we know. Yeah, we we yeah. know. We know, yeah. we know. Um yeah, so Mexico, but just just for everybody listening, just so they don't have to go look it up, Mexico City is bigger than New York City. Uh twelve point three million people versus the eight point eight in, in New York City. So I mean we're talking millions of people more. That's that's crazy. Um, I guess it is probably a lot bigger in landmass as well. So kind of makes sense to that extent. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have America's game and the two most obvious places to extend is Montreal and Mexico City. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's Mexico where we're at. City, honestly, I feel like Mexico City is the most obvious by like Leaps and bounds yeah, because the biggest we city know, in North America. Why not? Yeah, it's the biggest city in North America, and also like we know how much like uh, you know uh, Latin uh, uh, players and like they're like huge down there. Like it's like they like the Latin players and you know just the uh, just the whole vibe. It's yeah. like they they love it. Like I feel like guys like Juan Soto would go down there at like a discount. Like imagine like. The players having the opportunity to play in Mexico City, like eighty, you know, eighty-one games a year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a total no-brainer. But anyway, yeah, I mean, we all fun. we all saw the enthusiasm at the WBC, and it wasn't it wasn't the Americans bringing it. Let's let's just leave it at that for now. <laughs> um, it's May first, Gray, as we're recording this. Are you starting to look at standings? Is it is it starting to creep in that you need to address certain things, or are you still like? I like my roster, like, let's give it time. We'll fill in, obviously, injuries and people who are just not playing. But where are you at? You, you know, I think, was it uh, the season started on a Thursday? I believe I looked at standings that Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at standings literally, like, the day the games begin on opening day, I'm looking to see what the standings Screenshot are. Screenshot first place because you have the first guy who got a hit real yeah. quick. Man, screenshot that baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I screenshot those team standings. Um, yeah, I, I definitely. I actually, I looked at uh, our um, 
Donkey and me are uh, we're sharing a uh, and a main event team, as I've mentioned before on previous podcasts. But anyway, I just looked at the uh, the standings there uh, to see like what to do with Otani because like Otani's got one start this week, I believe, in St. Louis, assuming um, you know there's no rainouts or anything, and then um, he's uh, I think two start next week. That's, you know, assuming, again, no rainouts. But, uh, you know, I was looking at that, and then I was looking at our standings, and we're, like, falling behind in runs. And we've been using Otani as a pitcher for, like, the last three weeks. And I'm like, you know, I said to Donkey, I was like, I think it's time we move Otani in as a hitter because, you know, we're starting to uh, fall behind in hitting, and we need uh, – and we just got Gavin Stone, you know, guys who we're actually going to talk about on today's podcast. But, yeah, so, you know, for – you know, for that example, I did look at the standings and I was like, you know, we're falling behind in runs and we could use some steals and, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have a couple homers. If Otani can, you know, have a good week as a hitter, then, yeah, I think we're we're probably smart to be playing Otani as a hitter. So I looked at the standings for that information. And then, um, you know, in labor, I was looking at the standings to see where I was with like, you know, for pitching for like uh, K's. I felt like I was, uh, you know, I think I'm in, I think I have nine points out of 12 in K's. So I was like, you know, because I was debating between starting a closer versus a uh, versus a starter. So, yeah, I am. I am actually looking at the standings to see where I'm uh, sitting, you know, for, for for certain categories more than overall. I mean, you know, like in Tout Wars right now. I'm in first place. Hello. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's, you know, take it or leave it. Like where you are in the overall standings doesn't really, uh, you know, it's not really a big thing right now. It's just a matter of looking at like category standings and seeing like if you need runs, you might want to consider like if you're looking at two different pickups and one guy is hitting like fifth or sixth in a lineup and another guy is hitting first or second and you need runs, you know, it's like, that's the kind of thing I would be looking at right now. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, also, like, do you need home runs versus stolen bases? Are you sitting last in home runs and, and you're, you're leading stolen bases by Yeah, 15? actually, I was talking like, to, uh, you know, I was, I was DMing with uh, Jeff Zimmerman from Fangraphs just this morning, like, literally, like, an hour ago. I was DMing with him, and he was, like, because he was asking me um, – you know, which because we both are in NL only. He's an NL only labor, and I'm an NL only tout. So we were discussing like what to do for like you know we we had to do a waiver wire pickups. Like we were discussing that, and then he was talking about like he was saying to me like where was I sitting with strikeouts in my labor league? Um, you know, like how many did I have? You know, because it's like that sort of thing, like, and and he was saying where he was because that sort of thing, like, with strikeouts and counting stats, like runs, st- uh, strikeouts, steals, homers, like those sort of categories, you can fall far behind. Like, you need to keep pace because, like, you know, like Jeff and I, we were we were talking on the DM, and and he was saying, like, you know, uh, you know, like there's this this team in uh, is like 70 K's behind already. And it's like at, you know, like by the all-star break, that team is going to be like 300 K's behind. Like you gotta, like you have to like course correct, like quickly in uh, like counting stats, especially, you know, with ratios, 
it's harder because, you know, you need to have like you need to throw guys in order to lower your ERA or whip. Like it's not as easy, but or at or batting average. And, you know, like obviously. So, yeah, it's just like you have to stay on top of things like right now. Like you have to be looking in the future as to like where you're going to be like in two or three weeks, because if you fall too far behind, you're going to get left in the dust. Like you need to stay, you need to stay at least in the middle of the pack with some counting stats. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen a couple of leagues uh, where I went and looked at the standings this morning as I was setting my lineups and saw, you know, saw areas of concern where, like you mentioned, like K's is one, runs and RBIs. Is, you, you know, these are areas you can get behind. Ratios, you can you can definitely put in, you know, an average guy versus, you know, somebody that, that's more speed or power for you. You can kind of make those adjustments. But to some extent, like week to week, average is so fickle. You're kind of just counting on that to balance out if you drafted your team well and you, you got the right players in there. But it's some of those other ones where it's the counting numbers – that it can be real hard if you get behind like a hundred strikeouts. That that can be that can be st- start to look daunting at some point. Yeah. All right. So Jordan Walker he gets sent down. Uh, our like what's Bud Black doing to our boy in St. Louis? Um, and then I guess is there anybody that you think is getting the bump here? Mm, no, I mean. I, I've, you know, you're, you're luckily you didn't catch me the day that this happened because I was, <laughs> I would have been screaming right now. I've clearly Mexico city has cleared my brain and I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm more at peace with myself. <laughs> I have, uh, I took a, uh, I took a nice, uh, a, a bath in Mexico city and I have calmed my nerves because <laughs> like if you would have caught me on the day that Jordan Walker was sent down. Ah, man, I was really, I was angry. <laughs> I was really <laughs> mad, bro. Um, yeah, I mean, he's like Jordan Walker. Oh, I, I'm starting to feel my heat. It's starting to come back real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was, like, he was like the fifth best hitter. Like, I would say he's probably the fifth best hitter in that Cardinals lineup. Like, he was not, I mean, he wasn't even struggling. Like, it was literally, and I, I mean, I, I understand with the Cardinals, you know, because they want to get him every day at bats. And they also have like, you know, I, I honestly, I don't know why they're playing uh, Burleson, Burleson and uh, Carlson. And I mean, there's like there's room. Walker should be playing over those. He's two their best. Off. Like he's their best outfielder. At least bats wise, bat bat wise, yeah. I mean, Tyler O'Neill looks like he needs a change of venue, like, um, and uh, yeah. I mean, it's just a mess, man. <laughs> it's just a mess. I don't know, honestly. Uh, but to your question, who gets a bump there? I don't know. I mean, they all. I guess they all sort of get a bump. Maybe Burleson, but outside of NL only, and maybe deeper like a deeper mixed league maybe i would look at them but it'd probably have to be an everyday um it would have to probably be a daily league because even in a in a weekly league i still think he's gonna get benched on occasion so he's not like every day every day a starter um 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's like this is too. You're. I was so nice and calm, and now you're trying to get me all worked <laughs> up again, man. All right, let's go to a. Why would you bring up Jordan Walker? Like, why would you even mention him? Let's move oh. on to a topic that I, you know, I think will calm you down a little bit because, you know, I don't think either of us have any shares of him. Lou Bob, you know, he, I mean, speaking of a guy who was playing every day, uh, maybe not so anymore. He was first inning. He grounds out. Not even. I mean, grounds out as a uh, that, that that's what happened. But he hits a ball. He is like he is jogging. And jogging is like a loose term here to first base. <laughs> he gets benched immediately. Like they gets pulled off. Adam Hazley gets put in. Adam Hazley then leads off the next game. Is there a bigger joke in the game right now than the White Sox? Like, what is going on? I on think, the Adam, north side I think of Chicago? Adam, Adam Hazley actually went four for five too. Yeah, he had a great game. Just uh, but still, that would like, be a, that would be on? that would be the the true hilarious thing would be like Adam Hazley suddenly became the uh, the center fielder like a 30, there. Thirty thirty uh, hitter. All yeah, sudden, yeah, and, and Louis Robert was like he became a platoon guy. Man, the White Sox like the White Sox are so hilarious because like does any team have like higher expectations like going into the season like the last four years and it's like now they're they're just so bad (laughs) just like completely disappointing every year like they find ways to be awful. (laughs) I don't know. Like for a while I thought is like, they should just hire a strength and conditioning coach. Like, so they're, I mean, propensity for like these really terrible, like day to day hamstring and quad and, you know, oblique and, oh, I mean, you name it, man, the white Sox players have found a way to be injured by it. And then like Eloy, and and Louis Robert, I mean, they've actually stayed on the field more or less. I mean, Eloy had that one IL stint, but only one IL stint per month is pretty good for Eloy. <laughs> it wasn't honest. the whole month. Yeah, it wasn't the whole month. It was only ten days. I mean, that's pretty good for Eloy. And Louis Robert, I mean, I believe like at worst he's only had like a day to day thing. <laughs> so. I mean, I don't know. I saw this. I saw the Louis Robert thing where he was like obviously jogging at first and my first thought was like uh i mean at least he's still healthy right i mean i i mean that was my my first thought was like well his hamstrings have caused him issues in the past so i mean i guess he's going tenderly for a reason so i you know like i feel like having an 85 percent louis robert because like I know you love to talk about how like Bo Bichette hasn't stolen any bases. <laughs> that's your that's your favorite claim. That's your claim to fame, man. You, you, hate uh, you know, him. I'm sorry that I saw it Bo coming. Bichette. It was it was it was obvious. It was so obvious. That's fine. No, and and I and I hear that, uh, but like if you think about like you know, I'd love to have steals from like Louis Robert. I love to have him like run. Even uh, as you mentioned, I actually don't roster Louis Robert. I actually, I called him a schmohawk in the, uh, in the preseason. I said he was overrated. I would not have drafted Louis Robert where he was going. Like his, his draft price was ridiculous for what he's done so far in his career anyway. But with steals and like running out, 
like, you know, grounders to like the third baseman or pitcher, whoever fielded the Louis Robert one was like, I mean, to keep him on the field, I think is more important than, you know, him, you know, running at 110%. So, I mean, I'm kind of like, I know, like, that's the, uh, the, uh, the, the anti take. I feel like most people are like dogging Louis Robert for dogging it, but. I'm kind of in the camp of like keep him healthy. I don't. I, I don't really care if he runs the first. And like it goes to the the Bichette thing or anyone who hasn't steal. Like you know, Otani stole I think three bags last week. Um, so you know that's good. But for like the first three weeks, he didn't steal. And I was like, you know, if he didn't steal, it wasn't really like a terrible thing because like. I want him doing other things. So it's like, you know, it's, I feel like that across the board, like if Eloy isn't running out like grounders, who cares, man? You know, it's like, I don't care. Like I, I get it from like a real baseball standpoint, like the white Sox, like, you know, losing nine games in a row and then having Louis Robert, like, you know, dog at the first and then they lost their temp straight. And like, I get like why a real baseball fan would be annoyed. But from a fantasy standpoint, like I don't roster Louis Robert and I didn't want to draft him this year, but I also feel like if he's dogging at the first, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't care, man. I don't honestly, I can't get worked up about that. I don't know. Yeah. I will say when we went through the show, I, I think we both talked about, you know, not expecting speed from Louis Robert either. It was like, he went from one of the fastest players in the league to, like just just crawling at this point um and it's not like getting better I always, that's like what i always say with mike machado like his sprint speed is like goofy terrible and it's like but then he can steal bases so obviously he's dogging it to first and then when he wants to steal he steals so that shows like a lack of hustle right i mean that's a lack of hustle on machado's part but also, but on the other hand, you kind of want him to stay healthy. So if it helps him stay healthy, not running 110% to first base, I really, I kind of don't care. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> it doesn't bother me for, from a fantasy standpoint. As long as he stays on the field, and now I'm talking about Louis Robert again, like as long as he stays healthy, then, you know, I'll take like the occasional, like, you know, jogging to first like so what he's not david Eckstein. who cares <laughs> you know i don't i don't care i don't need brandon nemo running to first on a walk who cares I, it doesn't bother me yeah i guess the the point where it bothers me is that he if he starts losing the playing time because of it because who knows what's going on in the white Sox head at any given moment like that could start to be a problem and i just don't like he he has completely lost the give up Matt like he does not he is just there like maybe he still concentrates on hitting because he knows that's eventually what's going to get him paid when he finally gets out of the White Sox organization but like he just does not care at all and again like it wasn't jogging it wasn't like oh he's taking it easy he was walking he was walking to first base like I don't really want to run the bases just just get me out already um so that's that's where I I see some concern Again, I don't think either of us were drafting him because people were factoring in some huge breakout with the steals and everything and, and just drafting him above where we were. 
But, I mean, if you can get draft day value for Louis Robert, I'm 100% happy to do that. Even if you get draft day value of where Gray and I had him ranked, like, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm getting off the Louis Robert train right now. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is, like, that's the, the trouble with, like, you know, not running. I think, you know, the, 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 the thing that people say when you don't run the first is then, like, is your, is your head in the game? And then that becomes a whole nother issue. So that's, like, and I, I agree with you 100% that, like, if Louis Roberts' head's not in the game, then you have other issues and you suddenly have a guy who's like disinterested and playing everything at 70%. And that's not good either. No, it's really not. I mean, he started the season kind of on a tear. I mean, he opened up hitting like 350. And since then, he's just gone ice, ice cold. Um, I mean, he's hitting 091 since mid mid april like that's that's he shouldn't be in your lineup right now until he turns it around and they say like they're beyond this like disciplinary pinch hitting thing that they're doing with him the best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day but if that's not in the cards this year you can still learn a language the second best way and that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Moving on, let's talk about something something very positive. I get, well, almost very positive. Shohei Otani, and I'm just bringing it up because it was, it was an amazing thing to see. He was a home run and a warning track out home run away from completing a natural cycle with a pitching win gray. Again, I don't there's nothing to say here. Shohei Otani is amazing. I just I had to bring it up because it was just an amazing feat in baseball. Like Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. A natural not, cycle. I mean, he's not with actually a win. he's not he's not real. <laughs> he's not. Like he's he was made he was made somewhere. He's not real. Yeah, let's, I don't. I don't he's like it's like those videos sometimes you see of like Boston Robotics where it's like oh yeah that that robot dog is gonna take over the world one day. That's <laughs> Otani's like he was made by Boston Robotics or something. I, I mean it's like incredible. Um, like I honestly I feel like like we have like I mentioned earlier in the show we have him in our main event league and I have like every week it's like do we start him as a pitcher or a hitter and we know like we're going to get like a top 10 hitter or pitcher each like it's like <laughs> you can't go wrong it's not like it's not like well you know we need hitting 
So we're going to start this guy who is kind of okay versus this really good pitcher, or we're starting this like kind of okay pitcher versus this really good hitter. It's like, no, he's excellent at both. It's like, what do you want? Do you want a top 10 hitter or do you want a top 10 pitcher? <laughs> you choose. <laughs> it's, a, it's really like a cheat code. Like I, I get sorry. why people draft him now. Like I didn't, have him before so now i totally understand it like he is he is absolutely a cheat code yeah he, he there's a reason i had him like number one overall in a daily league like you have to like how do you pass it up in a daily league it's it's absolutely absurd um let's move on to some some guys that, that are called up gavin stone he gets he gets brought up he's he's a primary fastball change he does have a slider across three levels last year Gray, he had a 1.48 ERA, a 1.12 WHIP, a 12.5 K per nine, a 3.3 walk per nine, and over 121 innings. I mean, Gavin Stone has done everything that you need to see from a numbers standpoint in the minors. Is this? A, I mean, this this is a must add in all leagues, right? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I actually, I was. I mean, personally, I'm pretty happy because we, uh, I have, well, we have him in that main event league. I also drafted Gavin Stone everywhere. Like I have him on my, in my Tout Wars team, the team that in first place. <laughs> I have him in uh, Tout Wars team. I got him. I got him in labor. I have him. Uh, I got him in a 15 team mix. I have him in a 12 team mix. I have Gavin Stone everywhere, man. I am. I'm so in on Gavin Stone. I've been in on him since March, though. Like, I drafted him in a bunch of places and have held on to him for, like, you know, for the month of the season so far, just waiting for him to get called up. You know, some people are saying, like, where is he going to be in the rotation? I don't think, like, I think it should be, but I don't think that's happening. I, I, I honestly, unless he's, like, totally, like, like he's bad right now he needs to get worse to get bumped from the rotation i really don't think he's getting bumped but with that said i i think the dodgers will just go like i don't think anyone uh expects them to call up gavin stone and then send him right down like that makes no sense to me so i'm guessing they're going to go to a six man for a little while potentially maybe you know, uh, maybe there's something. Maybe there's uh, maybe there's an injury that we don't know about um, currently. I I don't know on that. I'm just you know just a guess. Uh, my my number one my my gut feeling and uh, my number one thing my takeaway is like I guessing they go to a six man because I really don't think they're bringing up Stone just for one start. So you know, hopefully they're not. But yeah, I'm totally I'm in on him in every league. I'm. I would pick him up in every league to see what you know, see what he looks like. Um, he could potentially, he could be a, like a number two to three starter this year potentially. Like if he stays up in the rotation and he's able to uh, command his pitches, his command has been a little wonky, and that's like the number one drawback. Uh, so hopefully he's got you know command of everything, and like if he does. Yeah, I mean, is if he's commanding his changeup, he's going to be unhittable. Yeah, I mean, he he has to be picked up. Uh, I do think you're right. Like probably a six man rotation, and eventually you got to think if Syndergaard doesn't turn around, he's got to be on his way to the bullpen, or maybe they just 
outright him. I mean, I'd, I'd imagine they give him a run in the bullpen just to see if he can do it there. But I mean, he he doesn't fit the the rest of this this rotation the way that it currently looks. Another call up, Brandon Fat. Well, he's, he should be on his way up. I don't know if he's officially been called up, but they've said he's call, coming up. Um, four solid offerings: fastball, slider, curve, and change. Double and triple A last year. He had 167 innings, 3.83 ERA, 1.16 WHIP, and 11.7 K per nine, 1.8 walk per nine. This is a guy that I drafted all over the place in the drafts in the early season because it sounded like he was going to get a shot in the rotation. He finally is going to get his shot. Gray, is this another must pick up in every league, or is this you know are you moving it slightly down from from where we were on Gavin Stone? Where are you at on on Brandon Fat? Uh, no, I mean, I, I probably, I would say more than likely it's probably a, a coin flip, uh, whether or not like fats look better in, uh, in the minors. I mean, he's like, um, fats look better in the minors. It sounds like we're talking about childhood obesity. <laughs> um, <laughs> fats looks a little bit better. Like his command has been better. His command in general is better than stone. So I think. Fat could be better than Stone, but on the other hand, you know, and now we're talking fatter Stone. Uh, it sounds like we're 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 weighing people in Britain. Uh, he's he's thirty Stone. Actually, I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> translation is. I think I think thirty Stone might be like two tons. Um, anyway, Fat is great. I mean, it's just a matter of who's in the rotation and who's starting. I think. Fat potentially could have, uh, you know, a uh, a better chance of staying in the rotation because, like we mentioned, the Dodgers have already five guys. So, but I like both of them. I think it's probably a coin flip on which one's better right now. I would probably lean Stone, but I could see Fat easily being better. Yeah, I think uh, I, I lean Fat just because, again, in the pretty assured rotation spot. I mean, there's not really. Somebody that they need to get into the Arizona rotation. They're they're kind of running a crappy four man outside a gallon right now. Merrill Kelly has been not great either. Um, so I mean, you're you're kind of looking at a situation where if he pitches well, there's no reason that he gets he gets sent down. So I, I'm with you in regards to well, that's the, the same part. too. Really, honestly, yeah. I think I feel like that's the same for both of them. Yeah, if they like if Stone or Fat throws like seven innings of like you know mm-hmm. under like three earned or under like a quality start, there's no way they're sending them down. Like why would they send that down? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we go back old school '90s. Uh, they're both pretty P H A T gray, you know. The old school fat. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mentioned Zach Gallon briefly. I mean, he's been absolutely just destroying it this year. Let's talk about him just real quick among starting pitchers. Where is he moving himself up to? Top 10? Five? Is he is he the top pitcher rest of the season? Where do you have Gallon rest of season, Gray? Well, right now he is the... The, uh, actually, oh, wow, I didn't realize. So uh, Clayton Kershaw, no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the player Raider. Yeah. So it's uh, Garrett Cole, Kershaw, and then Gallon. But that is, you know, that's just a matter. Like, there so few innings have been thrown that that's just a matter of, like, who threw last. Like, Kershaw, like, if Gallon throws, you know, bef- uh, again, he's going to move up to number one. And then 
Cole moved to two and Kershaw. You know, it's just a matter of innings at this point for that. Um, anyway, with that said, Gallon looks the best out of all three of those guys. <laughs> at least those three. Like, right now, I, I mean, I was saying on um, – I wrote the other day on Rasball that, like, I feel like Spencer Strider is the best pitcher in baseball right now. Like, you know, pound for pound, inning for inning, pitch for pitch, Strider's number one. Otani's probably number two, like, pitch for pitch this is. Like, you know, Otani may not be able to throw as many innings. So, you know, in the big picture, um, pun noted, not intended, uh, unavoidable, I would say Otani's probably not going to be number two because his innings won't be as high. But, you know, pitch for pitch, inning for inning, I would say probably Strider, Otani, and then, like, Gallon's – I mean, Gallon's up there, right? Like, Gallon right now, he's got a 12.2 K per nine, a 1.2 walk per nine. He has a 2.25 XFIP. Like, Gallon looks like – honestly, there's very few guys who look at his Gallon and when you consider the amount of innings he's going to be able to pitch. Like, Gallon – I, if I were able to put like a bet, like Gallon could win the Cy, like Gallon could win the Cy Young right now. Like he looks that good. Like he looks like he could have one of those years where it would not shock me to see Gallon go in the top twenty-five next year in in drafts. Like he looks like he could be a top three, three to five pitcher easily, if not a top one or two like he looks so good yeah i mean right now it'd be like cole you already said strider um otani as a pitcher per inning but like is again per like if you look at a full season zach allen's just gonna have so many more innings and then like maybe like shane mcclanahan belongs in that discussion uh maybe gosman as well and then like that's that's your top five I, i don't know who else kind of fits in that conversation for the innings and everything they're going to give you, but he's in he's in that elite tier right now for sure, and I expect him to stay there. I mean, he's looked good for like three years now. It's it, we're not talking about the old Zach Gallon that would get just get beat up consistently. This is a different guy. Um, so fully buying if if anybody thinks he's old Zach Gallon for some stupid reason. Um, Brandon Drury he had just a ridiculous series against the A's. Set the Angels record for RBIs in a series of 12. He had four home runs, seven runs. He had 600. Is, are you buying a Brandon Jury, you know, kind of what he did last year in the first half? Or was this like just a hot series and we kind of expect him to go back to Shmatato? Uh Yeah, no, he, he, he looks terrible under the hood. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't look he doesn't look great. Like if you look at his peripherals, he just had a he had a hot couple games. I, I don't buy into Brandon Drury at all. I mean, his his uh, walks are down. His K's are through the roof. I mean, he's over 31 percent on the strikeout rate and strikeout rates. You know, uh, that stuff kind of normalizes pretty quickly. His yeah, I mean, he's awful. <laughs> I mean, he had a good, like, Anaheim is, um, you know, it's changed in, uh, in in recent years. It's become more of a hitter's park. Um, so, I mean, I don't think he's going to be, I mean, he may not be awful for power, 
but he's going to be like, you know, at best, he's like a 30 homer, 220 hitter. At worst, he's like a 25 homer, 205 hitter. Like he doesn't, he doesn't look good at all. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And uh, after, after that, that series with Oakland, uh, he, they went to Milwaukee. He had one hit in three games. Um, up until the Oakland series, he was hitting 179, 208, 269 with a home run and uh, one caught stolen. So, yeah, I mean, you could pick him up and, and see if there's the, the magic happens to come back. But as you mentioned, like every number to this point in the season is pretty much saying last year was random and a Cincinnati ballpark magic like that's what it was uh brett rooker rooker sorry uh is is he is he breaking out is it is it the the brook out or is it happening gray like, <laughs> the brook out i like that yeah there you go you got your uh you got the title for this week's episode i i actually think if you look at his uh stat cast i know it's like it's a little goofy to look at the sliders and just be like ooh red <laughs> <laughs> but i mean the Brookout looks real. I mean, it does. Like, you look at his numbers and you're like, I don't know, like, what changes he made in this uh, offseason because um, I just learned about him, <laughs> like, in the last, like, two weeks. Like, he was, you know, I, I mean, he was not a good hitter for a long time. Um, he was, like, he looked like a quad A player at best. I think, you know, some people – um, someone on the uh, someone in, in the comments on Rasball said uh, like a comp to uh, what Christian Walker did last year, and that sounds like a reasonable comp. I'll also throw out there that he could potentially be like three a three to four month uh, Joey Menez from last year. Like you know these guys sometimes come up and. They do really well for like a couple months, and then pitchers finally are like, "Oh, I have to pay attention to this guy," <laughs> you know. And not always because, like, in the A's lineup, you really don't have to pay attention to anyone. So he could get pitches to hit because it's like, "Oh no, not Jesus Aguilar." <laughs> doesn't it's like the A's lineup doesn't get better after Rooker? So like, there's a potential here. Where he could be a full season uh, brook out. <laughs> yeah, I mean he, everything looks good as you mentioned. Like you go to you go to baseball savant, it's like red all the way across the board except for whiff rate, which you know whatever, and spread speed, which we didn't. You know you don't really expect anyways. And well, again, it is early, like you said. It's a hell of a lot better than looking at Louis Roberts' chart and being like, mm, it's all blue, except for max exit velocity. Mm, that's not great. So, <laughs> I mean, it's still nice to see um, the launch it's angle. A, it's actually in, insanely blue. Like, it, it's like, um, uh, it's like <laughs> the Jack Frost, the movie with Michael Keaton. <laughs> like, but as a stat cast page, um, Nolan Arenado. Woo, baby! Does his Statcast page look terrible? Oh my God, Arenado looks awful. Anyway, you were go ahead, continue what you're saying. Yeah, that's uh, I feel like that's the the Cardinals just sliding down. Like <clears throat> they've been they've been just just slowly becoming the White Sox somehow, uh, and and that's that's where they're heading. So maybe 
maybe Arenado's finally hitting the wall. I don't know. In regards in regards to Rooker, like as you mentioned, the case are down, walks are up, launch angles up five degrees. So maybe it's just a combination of getting all that sorted out. I mean, he never really got a long look in the majors. He's been up for like spots here and there. So just getting comfortable having a job, all that all that kind of factors into it. We'll see if it continues. I don't necessarily think he's a a three fifty three nine home run hitter. Even even he said I don't. I didn't think I was even capable of a month like this, so I don't ever expect another month like this necessarily. Did he say, did he say that? Yeah, he said like I didn't even think I was capable of, of doing that's, what I did this month. That's pretty funny. I didn't I didn't hear that. That's so, that's, that's I, funny though. I'm not rooting for him. I really hope it continues and he continues to be a good hitter. And you know, for now, you're you're picking him up and, and using him until we see otherwise. Now, pick, speaking of guys, we're picking up. Uh, would you dare? Would you dare, Gray, trust <laughs> Jose Barrios or Vincent Velasquez again? And really, I'm talking about Barrios. No. I'm talking about trust. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, I think Jose Barrios. Jose Barrios, I would absolutely not trust. Uh, but with that said, I mean, he's got strikeouts and he's not walking anyone. He looks like. He looks like he's he fixed whatever that was last year. Like his velocity looks fine. Like he's throwing around averaging ninety four miles per hour fastball, which is about what where he usually is. Um, his strikeouts are back up. His his walks are down. Like I said, his xFIP three thirty. I mean, he could be he could be a like a, a mid three to 3.75 ERA guy, which is fine. I mean, that's total that's like that's rosterable in all leagues. Am I trusting him? <laughs> no. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? I have like what? I have uh, I have my my uh, my Jewish stomach has IBS. I have enough stress in my life. No. <laughs> I am, please. I have Brady Singer on teams. I'm not trusting Jose Barrios. <laughs> I, I have Lance Lynn. I mean, I need more stress. Get out of here. <laughs> Completely agree. I, I'm not necessarily by. I'm not trusting him. If you want to pick him up, fine. I, I, you, you can pick him up and see. I'm not. I'm not starting him. I need like another month. Honestly, like I need to see what's going on because right now. The only thing I can really see is there's some horizontal break that's back to the fastball. The fastball and the change were both just just pieces of crap last year. So, I mean, at least the fastball is back to being useful and not a, a complete negative. Um, but I need to see. I need to see a little bit more. Plus, he got lit up his first two starts of the season. So, there's still that fear of, of that potential coming back as well. With Velasquez, the velocity is up slightly, like a half a mile per hour on average. He's ditched the curve. He's throwing the slider over 40%. It, can, can I interest, in, in, interest you in some no. Vince Velasquez? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no. no. I, honestly, Berrios' numbers look better to me than Velasquez. Uh, but if I was going to stream someone... You know, everything's better on the Pirates now. <laughs> the, pirates, the, pirate, the Pirates can do no wrong. So, you know, I would 
I would probably stream um, Velasquez, but I I wouldn't trust him. I, I mean, trust and stream are two separate things in my mind. And yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust them, but I would stream them. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even stream Barrios. Oh, you you messed me up last year, man. <laughs> I'm not even messing with you. Not messing with you, man. Can't. I just can't do it again. Just just too much pain last year. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like everybody at Rasball, like nobody <laughs> at this site is ever going to roster Jose Barrios again. Like it just never ever gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> it's so scary. All right, you mentioned a couple. You mentioned uh, you mentioned him when we were talking about not trusting and all the all the pain and stress we're already dealing with. Lance Lynn and Chris Bassett. People thought you know Lance Lynn's going to be. He finished off last season fine. He's back. He's be he's be good. Chris Bassett. I mean, he's always been good for ERA. You know, the strikeouts aren't going to be there, but like he's been fine. And while I'm at it, I'm just going to throw Kopech into this Michael Kopech into this group too because he's been. Just absolutely dreadful, just blowing up specific innings. Just like he has an inning game that just is the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. Like, where are you at on these three? Is it, are you cutting these three players? Thank you. Thank you for sparing me having to tell you about Brady Singer. Yeah, I I don't want to talk about that either, Gray. Let's let's not talk about Brady Singer. Let's just agree to that. I have so many. I I I have so much pain with these guys. Um, yeah, Lance Lynn, I finally I benched this week, so expect a good start from him. Uh, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't drop Lance Lynn if I could avoid it. Um, you know, in a ten-team mixed league, you got to move on. But in like a twelve-team mixed league or deeper, I'd probably, I'd probably bench him until like he throws a starter too. That's like, you know, I mean, he did take a no hitter into the seventh. In his last game. So that was promising. But then it was just like, I mean, that went sideways so fast. (laughs) I mean, they couldn't even get someone warmed up to, like, take him out. Speaking of not hustling, hey, why doesn't the White Sox manager hustle out to the mound and, like, stop Lynn from giving up all these runs? Um, And then Kopech, I think, is just a mess. I I don't know. if Kopech, like, his command is just so bad. Like, right now... His walk per nine is five point six. I mean, you can't you can't start that in any leagues. Like that's that's unstartable. I don't care even if it's a good matchup. Like I wouldn't even I wouldn't start him against like the A's or the Nationals right now. Uh, no way. And then uh, Bassett. I mean, he looks kind of broken. <laughs> this is like this is a mess. Like Bassett's velocity was down. A lot. I believe that's come up a little bit in recent mm-hmm. starts, but his K's are so far down. Like, I mean, I I get the you know the impulse to like, you know, you drafted him pretty high, you want to hold, but you also don't want to tank your entire. T- you don't want to tank your team just trying to make your your draft like make sense. You know, I mean, if you. You messed up in the draft. You messed up. Like there's guys to pick up in a lot of, especially in shallower mixed leagues, which is you know most of our listeners. Like you know, I mean, uh, people who are in deeper leagues, you got to do what you got to do. Like maybe you bench Bassett until you see a good start or two, but in like shallower leagues, like I've told people in the comments to drop Bassett, like. And I, you know, I wouldn't even look back. Like in shallower leagues, like in a 12-team mixed league, there's so many guys to pick up. 
I would drop like Bassett and not even look back. I'd be like, you know what? It just didn't happen. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. And I'd look elsewhere because there's a lot of guys like like in a 12-team mixed league, I picked up Drew Smiley for his like two-start week. I think he gets the Nationals and the Marlins. It's like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work, but versus like trying to make Bassett work, uh, forget it. Like, just let it go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I'm sitting all these guys on the bench, regardless of the size of the league. Like even in an only league, I'm I'm sitting in the like I have Kopech in an only league, I have Lynn in an only league. They're they're not starting. They I can't I can't put them out there right now with what's currently what they're looking at. Um, and yeah, and yeah no, short- they're, no, they're they're single handedly like tanking. Like my ERA in leagues, like Lance Lynn has a ERA of seven point one six. I mean, that's <laughs> you put that on any like I have like you know five good starters and then Lance Lynn, my whole my whole team's tanked. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he is like he he looks and he acts like an anchor <laughs> in every <laughs> in every way, man. I, I saw somebody bl- like somebody on like MLB Network or somebody blame Lynn's way. They're like he, he can't he can't sustain the velocity and, and like you watch you he's look- always been big. But but <laughs> but that was before the pitch clock. That's before like he would take like yeah. minutes in between pit, like batters yeah. and just like walk around and do nothing. Now he's got like be on it and throwing. Yeah, I don't know. And then Maybe. like I also saw the guy had to apologize for saying it was because of his weight. Like Lynn got pissed off. Whatever, like lose some damn weight then, Lander. Keep your velocity up. One of the two, like <laughs> yeah. stop it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. I, I have, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, you know, having to throw, like, yeah. You know, I mean, well, you just said it. I, I don't, I don't need to reiterate yeah. what you I mean, just Manoa's said. But yeah, the pitch, the, the pitch boat, clock, right? need, needing to throw, like, you know, consistently every like fifteen seconds could potentially, you know, have side effects on guys who are out of shape or just not used to it. I, yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Yep. And Bassett and Lynn are both below the magical 93. Like at 93 and above, you can kind of get away with some things on fastballs. Below 93, MLB bat- hitters are just going to crush the crap out of it if it's not where it's supposed to be or if it's not moving. And neither and of them also, are doing that. Yeah, and also, like, I don't know... I don't have in front of me like uh, where he's pitched so far this year, but if like the weather isn't been good, actually, I don't know if that's the case, but it just may take Lance Lynn getting into warmer weather. You know that might help. Who knows? But right now you can't start him. I mean that's you know he's awful. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're, bo- they're both awful. I will say they both started last year awful as well, then turned it around. But like. It was June or July by the time they turned around. They had already tanked your team if you held on to them and started them that long. Yeah, um, yeah totally. Yeah. Let's move on to something a little bit a little bit more exciting, but also kind of depressing for me because he's still not <laughs> up. Uh, Matt Mervis, I mean, he's killing AAA. He's hitting 295, 407, 580. He's got a sub-16% K rate, a, sub, or a sub-16% walk rate. They're actually both saying 157 He's got six home runs, 27 ribbies, 27 runs. The Cubs, like... Also, you know, I don't know, like, uh, sorry, not to interrupt, but, like, with, with Matt Mervis, like, why did they even get Hosmer or, or Mancini? Like, what? Like, he was ready in March, 
and he's 25 years old. This isn't like trying to, you know, like, uh, uh, like manipulate like service time on a 21 year old. He's old. <laughs> like, what are they doing? I, I don't get this at all, man. I honestly, I feel like though, like he may be up any moment. Like I, I feel like, you know, like last, uh, like last week, <laughs> I think we said something like, uh, uh, what was Bibby? I think it was like mm-hmm. Bibby could be called up at any moment, and then he was called up like I think the day after the podcast dropped or something. Like Mervis, I think the same thing. Like by the time people are listening to this, Mervis could be already up. So I don't want to belabor this, but he should have been. He should have started the year with the Cubs. Yeah, it, it pains me to watch it, and unfortunately, like Hosmer and Mancini are hitting like just. Just good enough to keep him to, to give to keep the Cubs be like, look, we signed them. This is what we thought they might do is is get back to what you know they had done before in their career and blah blah blah. Like they're getting just enough production from the corner infield spot that like the the cries for Mervis have, have calmed down a little bit from like some fans that aren't. That, you know, they're just looking at it at face value. But again, like you said, he's he's, oh, he's not a young kid. Like, let's get him. No, up. he's not young. He's twenty five years old. Speaking of guys who aren't young, who are in the minors, killing it. Christopher Morrell has got eleven homers and four steals, and he's hitting three sixty three. He's twenty four years old. Like, what, like, what are the Cubs doing? Like, and Morrell's already been in the majors. He already, st- they've already started his clock. He's already he's already played in the majors. Like, how is Christopher Morrell in the minors? Like, I don't get like what they're doing. Like, I understand they're not actually trying to win. Like that, I that's loud and <laughs> very clear. clear. Loud and clear. <laughs> but try, not trying to win, and also having guys in the minors. Like, not trying to win goes hand in hand with you know start your prospects. And see what you have. Like, why are they in the minors? Like, there's no reason they should be in the minors. It literally makes no sense. Like, honestly, they should start firing people in that organization. We we have gone from bad owner to another bad owner. Our current owner at least gave us a World Series and then just got cheap. Like, got so cheap. He's like, I did what I said. Now I'm just going to make money. You guys can, can screw off. And that's where the Cubs are at this moment. It's very frustrating as a Cubs fan. All right, let's move on to some injuries here, Gray. Jacob deGrom, who could have seen this? He has elbow inflammation. Uh, Wait a a second. deGrom (laughs) is injured? What? How? Wait, what? I'm sorry. Jacob deGrom? Are you sure? No way. (laughs) I, I honestly... I mean, I was like when DeGrom first got injured, I didn't want to be the guy who, you know, relished in a player's injury. I don't don't want to be that guy because that guy is never he's never met with cheers. (laughs) (laughs) That guy is only met with booze and like, you know, people get people, uh, people attack that guy. And I don't want to be the guy who gets attacked. (laughs) But with that said, the moment DeGrom was injured, I really wanted to go back to March <laughs> and start retweeting people who were like, uh, Jacob DeGrom seems like a first rounder to me. Like, what? <laughs> Dude, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. But there's a lot of people out there who uh, are like, 
Jacob DeGrom was a top three starter or should be a top 10 to 15 overall pick. Like, there's a lot of people who are saying stuff like that. I'm not going to be the person who goes back and retweets it, but you can find it pretty easily. We're going <laughs> to say it on the podcast because they're not listening anyway. So, yeah, we're yeah, going to tell you yeah, it's out there. It's like, I mean, it's not, I mean, this is, people aren't hiding this stuff. I mean, it's like, you can go back and look at March takes from people, and it's like, yeah, okay. Was Jacob DeGrom a good number, like a good top 10 overall pick? Hmm. I don't know, man. I'm thinking not, but on the other hand, maybe not on the other hand either. (laughs) Maybe maybe Jacob DeGrom isn't the best, like, top 10 starter, let alone top 15 overall pick in a a fantasy league. (laughs) I mean... This is so obvious, too. And then if I were to go back and do that, people would be like, oh, yeah, well, now that he's injured, you're you're pointing it out. Oh, that's easy to do. It's like, I knew he'd be injured. (laughs) Everyone knew he'd be injured. I'm just doing it now because he's injured now. But obviously, I mean, you know, like you can go back and I even like I I wrote LOL on a couple of people's tweets who were like, yeah, Jacob deGrom is like a, a top first or second rounder like okay sure lol man you got it <laughs> whatever you say bro like yeah. it's just ridiculous I mean, it's just ridiculous and these people like honestly there's no there's no consequences to anyone's like terrible takes it's like oh yeah okay like in march it's like oh here's here's some engagement for you and then, like, you know, three weeks later, oh, Jacob DeCrom's injured. Oh, man, I didn't see that coming. Huh. Huh. I wonder, I wonder how that happened. Huh. That's weird. <laughs> so ridiculous. Anyway, continue. Yes, if they had listened to us and drafted Clayton Kershaw 90 picks later, they'd be a whole lot happier right now. Regardless, Gray, let's, let's get off of our, our soapbox. Dane Dunning is named the replacement Dunning's actually been pretty good, at least ratio-wise, in long relief. 15 team and more, is that is, is that, that pretty much the only place you're looking at Dunning? Yeah, because I don't think he's stretched out yet enough. Uh, I actually ha- I drafted him in a uh, draft champions league, so I'm going to start him this week because I had, uh, I think, Lance Lynn. <laughs> so I don't, don't want to start <laughs> Lance Lynn anymore. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, Dane Dunning's fine in, like, a 15-team uh, mixed and deeper, but he's probably not stretched out enough. So you know, it's it, you can grab him and see see yeah. how see how he looks and still matchup base. Like I'm still not throwing him against good teams either. Like we're right. we're still talking about a 15 team like option, but it's a streaming option, and I'm not starting Lance Lynn and and Chris Bassett and and all the and Michael Kopech, but I can't cut them yet either. Type of position. That's where you're starting Dane Dunning. Uh, Robbie Ray, he's got he's going to go on. Uh, he's done for the season. Flexor tendon surgery. You know, too much time focusing on the glutes, man. Not enough, not enough arms and upper body work here. Um, Flexin was filling in, but they say they're going to evaluate the rotation now that they know Ray's out. I don't know if there's really anything to do. I don't think there's a, a pitcher that's coming in to replace Ray that you're interested in. But just just tough to see uh, Ray go down. Yeah, yeah, he was. I, I mean, I was avoiding him this year, but you know that's a that's an 
unfortunate, unlikely injury that that's the kind of injury where I wouldn't retweet anyone who liked Robbie Ray because that's an unforeseen thing. I mean, no one saw Robbie Ray being injured. He was going to be, you know, he was one of the most likely guys to throw 200 innings this year. So, yeah, that's just unfortunate. Um, Easton McGee looked good, but I think he's now got forearm injuries. I don't I don't know what's in the water in Seattle, but watch your forearms there, uh, Luis Castillo. <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully there's that's the end of it because I got Castillo and Kirby shares all over the place. So no more no more injuries in Seattle. Pitching, please. Speaking of injuries kind of piling up all at once, Minnesota has Kenta Maeda go on the IL for a few, at least a few weeks with a tricep strain. And Tyler Melee, who had actually had a pretty solid bounce back, has an impingement in his elbow out at least four weeks. Good news for this is Bailey Ober, who we talked about last week, so we're not going to spend a whole lot of time there. He's now going to get an extended look in the rotation. Um, and then it also seems like you know maybe there's another opportunity for somebody else to, to step in here, Gray. Uh, yeah, Louis Barland looks like uh, a guy who uh, was a hot pickup in some of my leagues. Um, yeah, I mean, he looks good. I mean, he does, you know, he's got a good fastball, excellent slider, uh, solid change. He has like a, uh, you know, I, I think he could potentially be in the rotation, you know, uh, for, I don't know, I, I made a. Who knows what, uh, you know, uh, with Tyler Mall and Maeda going down, um, you know, Tyler Mall is, uh, you know, it's un, un, uh, you know, I'm not sure his timetable. Um, it, it seems likely he's out for a while, though, but, you know, I don't know with Tyler Mall. He's not, uh, he doesn't have a, uh, a timetable where I'm, uh, at least not that I'm aware of, where how long he's going to be out for. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Bailey Ober a lot. Like we talked about him last week, he's got like, you know, not, not huge upside. He's like eight and a half K per nine, but he has good command, like maybe two and a half and under on the walk rate. Um, so yeah, I mean, he should be solid for most leagues as like a number five or six, uh, like he should give you decent ratios, Probably would avoid in most uh, tougher matchups where Louis uh, Verland uh, looks like, you know, he could be potentially like, you know, a big upside like Gavin Stone, Brandon Fat type call up. So, you know, keep your eyes open for him if he's going to be in the rotation or if he's going to start for the twins. But, you know, I, I saw him get picked up in most of my leagues. I haven't seen anyone say he's definitely going to be the fill-in for Tyler Mall. I mean, I think people are just assuming he is. Uh, maybe, maybe that was announced. I mean, like I said, you know, I was in Mexico City this weekend, so maybe I missed something. No, I haven't seen it officially said that he's getting the spot either. I mean, it would make sense since he's, they've already called him up to make one spot start that he he comes back up and, and takes the rotation spot. I will say on Varlin. Like it seems like he's added two or three miles an hour on the fastball this year, which if he's done that, that makes him a little bit more interesting and and, and puts him in the realm of you know spec pickup and and put him on your bench until you can see if it's something that kind of sticks and there's there's some new results here. So I'm interested in both of them. Ober first because his his spot seems a lot more a lot more steady. 
Let's move on to some bullpen talk, Gray. Uh, Dodgers, uh, Bruce Stark, Gratterall, and Evan Phillips both got saves this week. Phillips was on the paternity leave along with the rest of the Dodgers players and former Dodgers <laughs> players uh, last week. So one of the one of the saves that Gratterall got was when Phillips was on it, but he also got one after Phillips had returned. Are we looking at a share? Are you still thinking Evan Phillips is the guy? Gratterall's kind of got it together after a, a little bit of a bumpy start to the year. Yeah, I mean, I like Gratterall. I thought he felt like he felt like the most likely to be the closer uh, in like February, early March. But then Evan Phillips, like I thought, Evan Phillips sort of uh, took the job and ran with it. And mm-hmm. I uh, I was surprised to see Gratterall even get any saves. Uh, uh, but then you know, like you said, Phillips was out. Um, you know, uh, everyone on the Dodgers was out <laughs> on paternity leave. Um, yeah, so I, I think Evan Phillips still has the best, like, stuff, uh, closer-wise. Gratterall looked most like a closer to me. Like, just, like, he fit that role. But, yeah, I don't know. I I think right now I'd say, like, this was more clear in my head, uh, like, 10 days ago. You know, I think Gratterall is probably still behind Phillips. I would say maybe like 80-20 Phillips Gratterall. Um, but that could be moving closer to like 60-40 potentially. But I still think it's Phillips' job. Yeah, I mean, there was some concern on Phillips because he went, he got two saves pretty much right out of the gate. And then he didn't get a save from April 6th until April 30th. So there's a big gap there where he just, wasn't getting save save some of it was the Dodgers didn't have as many save opportunities as we're used to them having um but it, it does seem like a bit of a shared thing something to keep an eye on I would agree Phillips still is in the lead he hasn't done anything to lose it he was you know taking the lead to begin with but I I would say both are, are somewhat rosterable in most leagues because again they're they're pitching well so getting a potential for saves and getting good numbers on the side of with it, you could do worse. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, uh, Gratterall, too, sorry, not, not to interrupt, but real quick. Like, Gratterall is odd um, in that he has, like, 98 to 100 mile per hour stuff, like, really nasty stuff, but he only has, like, a 7K per nine. Like, he doesn't really strike out many guys, um, Gratterall, that is. Uh, so that's not really, like... I mean, it's not ideal for a closer, um, but he also doesn't walk anyone. He, uh, yeah, he, he induces a lot of, you know, uh, weak contact. Anyway, it, yeah, I mean, this is like maybe 70-30, maybe 60-40, maybe 80-20. This is, I think, Phillip's job still. All right. Moving on to New York. Michael King got a save. Are you worried at all about Clay Holmes' security, or was this just kind of a one-off? Mm. Yeah, no, I think Clay Holmes could lose the job. I don't think he has lost the job. I think I think it, there's potential there. Like I, I think potentially the Yankees could have a terrible year, <laughs> and Holmes could be a part of that. Like like he's right now as we record this, he's sitting at a, a three seven two ERA. Now obviously ERA is not everything, but his command is awful this year. Like Holmes, if Holmes blows like a game or two, he could be out. Like, I don't think they have that much loyalty to Clay Holmes. Like, and Michael King looks great. 
so and if the Yankees are struggling as they are, like if they actually have a lead in the ninth and Holmes blows that, that's not gonna go. That's not gonna go over well, man. Like Clay Holmes could be he could be out of a job like pretty quickly. Um, I think he still has the job though as of right now for you know whatever that's worth. Yeah, I would agree that it's still Holmes' job, but I'm I'm I think I would put in a spec pickup for. Michael King before I would grab uh, Gratterall, even though Gratterall is currently getting saves, just because King is, A, he's a multi-inning guy, so you're getting a little bit more out of him even if he doesn't get a save, but the upside, I think, on him is taking the Yankees' closer job, whereas the Dodgers feel like they're just going to kind of share it regardless of what's going on. with Even if even if like Phillips falls off, it'll be Gratterall and, and you know, fill in the blank of, of Unanimous Dodgers reliever that, that's pitching well, right? Uh, Rice is returning and just in time because AJ Mentor was just starting to get lit up. So hopefully he can go back to his you know lefty lefty thing. Nothing really here to say other than AJ Mentor was going to lose this job sooner rather than later, anyways. Yeah, no, definitely. I think if anything, if Rasiel uh, Iglesias has a setback, I think Nick Anderson probably is going to start seeing saves uh, yeah. relatively soon. I don't think uh, I don't think Mentor is staying in that role very long. If if he's even in that role by the time people listen to this, like, yeah, I would he's, agree. Yeah, he's bad. Yeah, I, th- I think Nick Anderson might be a play this week. Actually, just just this week is once Rasiel returns, it's his job. I would assume. Um, but this week it would be an interesting play, and he's probably available in a number of leagues. The Cubs' cl- uh, closer situation seems to have some clarity now. It seems to be Brad Boxberger. I mean, almost by default because the rest of the Cubs' relievers have been tr- just horrible. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that Tigers, uh, those ex- well, ex-Tigers, current Tigers or whatever, the uh, the Michael Fulmer, Matthew Boyd, uh, guys of the world like they they made fans from some fantasy baseball people <laughs> I don't I don't know like un, unwarranted like praise was heaped on the former Matthew Boyds of the world that like I mean Fulmer I guess has been okay not awful not as bad as Boyd at least but like yeah I mean these guys aren't they're not like Fulmer at least is not a closer. Boyd's not. Boyd's not good as a starter, but Fulmer isn't good as a. He's not good as a closer. <laughs> so yeah, Boxberger I guess is the closer there. It's not a. It's not a great situation. Even if someone's getting uh, full time saves. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Alize. Some people in the uh, in the comments on Rasball were talking about Alize is uh, throwing well, and he is. He, he does have good. His peripherals look great. I mean, he's got like a um, you know eleven point six K per nine, uh, one point nine uh, walk per nine, only fourteen innings, but still, I mean, he's got he's got good numbers, Alize. That is, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it's probably Boxberger's job. Yeah, I mean, I think that's who they want in that role. Again, they're they're kind of obviously in a a tanking position right now, so I think they you know Boxberger or Fulmer was who they wanted. So they can flip them whenever somebody calls on a old crusty reliever, and we'll move them, and then maybe Alzale gets a shot at that point as they build up his value way, to move I, him. By the way, not to 
not to harp on a, a subject that we hadn't didn't even have in our podcast outline. But what Matthew Boyd was never good. <laughs> like, I, why does anyone ever talk about Matthew Boyd? Like I don't, I don't understand the fascination at all. Like I'm talking about Matthew Boyd, and I'm like, he's got. Like a hundred and fifty games started, and he has a four point nine one ERA. Like what? It's awful. Great, he had a magical two hundred and thirty eight like, strikeouts one season with a four five six ERA and a one two three WHIP. Four, I yeah, mean, you know, again, be, a four point a four point five six ERA. Like, oh, not good, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I understand ERA. Isn't necessarily predictive of what's to come, but on the other hand, ERA is also a category in my fantasy leagues. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> his whips haven't been much better. So yeah. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to derail us, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> That's fine. Last thing that we're going to talk about, anyways, is just give give the people some names, some pickups they can look at for this week, Ray. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. Um, Taylor Walls has been really excellent. Uh, he had a good game on Sunday, even though the Rays lost to the White Sox. Um, but, you know, n- through no fault of his. I mean, Taylor, Wall- Taylor Walls has been really good. Um, also, Nick Senzel has been hot. I mean, you know, by the time people listen to this, he'll probably be injured again. But, you know, as of right now, he's been hot. Uh, Edward Alvarez has been really, you know, since uh, – the Royals have played him a few times, and he's been good in those games. <laughs> Hopefully, knock on wood, they'll keep playing him. And also, the uh, the Pirates called up uh, Miguel Andujar. He's been great. He's been, I mean, he he hit a homer, I think, on both sides of the doubleheader on Saturday. He's been, uh, you know, he was hitting third on Sunday. He, I, I think he went hitless that game, but he did hit third, which is, you know, that's something. And the Pirates are a 120-win team, so, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, and then Duran, um, uh, Jaron Duran, uh, the Red Sox uh, hitter, I mean, his Babbitt, I think, is like 750. <laughs> so he's not – I don't think Duran is really going to be a long-term – uh, guy for shallower leagues, but he's hitting right now and he's got great speed. So yeah, I mean, he's someone to pick up. Uh, and then on the uh, pitching side, I mentioned earlier, Drew Smiley has good two start matchup this week. I actually grabbed Drew Smiley in one league, uh, in, in waivers this, uh, week. And then, uh, Braxton Garrett has been good. Uh, who else? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's about it. I don't know. You got anyone? Uh, no, I mean, I think you named a lot of really good guys, a lot of guys that I had on my radar for this week and, and picked up in different leagues. Uh, I will mention Nick Martinez real quick just because he's been, he's been phenomenal, and I think there's, there's a non-zero chance that he either goes in the rotation or, like, I, I just think, like, I think there's the – the opportunity for him to find a spot in the rotation. And then all of a sudden he becomes a lot more interesting. I think you can get him right now as a multiple inning long reliever and, and also a setup guy getting the, and he got a save this week as well. So you're getting like a bunch of options with Nick Martinez. So if you're kind of like in the area where I am, which is like, I don't want to start Lance Lynn, please. Oh God, anybody but Lance Lynn or Michael Kopech, like putting a Nick Martinez in there, and then again, you're kind of banking on a potential spot 
maybe opening up for him because you should look at the Padres rotation and it's like the average age is 34. Somebody's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. He, he was also, I believe he was really good in uh, Saturday in Mexico City. And um, so was I. I was also <laughs> in Mexico City on Saturday. Also and I being was good. good. I was also being good. So you Just say. Saying. So you yeah. say. Just saying. <laughs> Is there any corroboration <laughs> to this Gray was being good concept? <laughs> You'll have to take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take your word for it for now until we see any photo evidence <laughs> to the contrary, Gray. As always, if you have any questions, comments, whatever, throw them in the comment section on, on Razzball, on YouTube. Go subscribe, rate, review, wherever you listen, watch us. On Twitter, I'm at Razbeaton. Gray is, of course, the owner of the at Razzball account. And until next week, good luck in your matchups. See you, Gray. All right, ladies.